Welcome to the Delighted Customers Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Slayton, and I'm so glad you're here. This podcast is all about empowering leaders to achieve sustainable growth by consistently delighting your customers. We give you practical tips, proven frameworks, and share ways to help you delight your customers. Hi, and welcome to today's episode. This is a special edition of the Delighted Customers podcast that we're releasing in celebration of CX Week. Today, I'm honored to have Nancy Port, the chair of the board of directors of the Customer Experience Professionals Association on the show. If you're listening and you're fairly new to the CX world, this episode will be especially helpful because Nancy talks about three things. First, she talks about gaining executive support, which is arguably the most important skill set required to move CX forward in any organization. Two, she'll talk about why you might want to consider joining the CXPA if you're a CX professional or thinking about becoming one. And lastly, on a more personal note, she'll talk about the work she's doing to help children who are disadvantaged in the community near where she lives in an organization called the Children's Village. It's going to be a great show. Let's jump right in. Well, I am so excited for my guest today. With a background in operations management, Nancy Port brings her passion to developing differentiated customer experiences through cross-functional collaboration and employee engagement. Most recently, as Vice President of Global Customer Experience for Variant, she developed and executed the Global Strategy for Customer Experience. She is a Certified Customer Experience Professional, CCXP, and serves currently as the 2022 chair of the CXPA Board of Directors. Welcome, Nancy, to the show. Thank you, Mark. I am so delighted to be here, and I want to congratulate you, too, on Empowered CX, um, and, and I am very, very excited about the services that you're providing for the CX community right now. So congratulations. Well, thank you. Thank you, Nancy. It's an honor to work with you and under your leadership on the board of CXPA. And Nancy, we knew each other um, from the Washington, D.C. local network of CXPA, mm-hmm. where we're both involved in the local work there. And I remember you inviting me in to your office, variant, the variant offices in Northern Virginia. And I was astounded. You said, you know, I said, can you can you show me some stuff that you've done on journey mapping? And I believe that you were so Variant is a company that that really sells to the the CX um, world. Like mm-hmm. you, you know, it, the, the solutions that Variant sells are um, collection data, collection analysis of conversations and. Um, a platform to to get survey data and other information for people in our world. So you're in our world, but within that company, you were the CX person, right? Right. Right. (laughs) Exactly right. I think I confused a lot of people with that too, because (laughs) we were as a company very much um, working with customer experience and customer engagement and customer service um, professionals in, in our client organizations. But I, w- I was working 
within Varen to make sure that we have provided a good customer experience, great customer experience, if you will, um, with our customers too. Uh, you know, there's a little more pressure when you call yourselves, you know, Varen, the customer engagement company, your customers expect you to also provide a great experience and, and, and that engagement. So it was, it was a unique position, um, but but a great one. I, I I like having the bar held high, and it was. <laughs> well, so. so so just to finish the this the story about you is you know don't what I say to the audience is don't don't let her positivity, encouragement, uh, and um, infectious attitude fool you. She is a technician, and she really knows this business from the inside out. And when I when I walked into that that room and saw this journey map. And it must have been 35, 40 feet wide with mm-hmm. all this detail on it. I said, oh my gosh, I'm overwhelmed. How in the world did you do this? Do you remember that day? I, I remember. Now, we, <laughs> you know, we it was it was early in our careers, right, Mark? I mean, this was mm-hmm. I I don't even know if I remember, but it's probably eight or nine years ago when when yeah. journey mapping really was, I would say, in its early stages. Um, We didn't have a lot of technology to do it. I think that first map that you saw, we we used Visio um, to do and and had to get a printer that would print something that was 30 feet long, Um, which (laughs) it wasn't real portable. That was the disadvantage um, from taking it from meeting to meeting. But but you're right that that is what you saw when you walked in that room, because I said, well, I'm happy. I think in one of the meetings, you talked about wanting to journey map for for your customers. And I said, oh, we just we just finished our first one. Um, and th- those were really, really early days. But I was lucky enough to really work with a great consulting um, team to, to help me do that. They actually had that great printer but moreover they had the 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 uh management consulting and customer experience um consulting experience to help me get to that point and and that map went through a lot of iteration over time and um then we did it for different segments as well but it really was the beginning i would say of uh not only us understanding our customer, but the the map was such an engaging way of talking with the organization about who our customer was. And um, I remember we had an executive workshop and put that same long, 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 long journey map up to show our executives about um, what the experience looked like for our customers. And I remember one of the executives saying, it really takes that many interactions to be our customer. And and that set the perfect tone Mm -hmm. for that workshop where we wanted to prioritize changes and really make it simpler to be a customer. So um, yeah, I do remember that first meeting we had, but it, 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 that was a very exciting time in in customer experience for you, you. You and I could spend hours just talking about journey maps, <laughs> right? Because <laughs> they're really interesting, and they're one of the one of the um, most common tools that CX practitioners and people in our world use to help mm-hmm. change, transform 
you know, mm-hmm. business operations to improve the experience for customers. But, but I wanted to hit, um, and we're kind of leading into it, three different areas with you today to kind of let our audience know. We'll take a short break in the middle, um, but we're going to talk about, um, number one, uh, the executive, the, the importance of getting, gaining executive support. Um, I know you've got experience in that. You and I both recognize that as something critical. We'll talk about why it's a big deal. What are some of the obstacles and what are some things that we could potentially use as ways to overcome those obstacles to achieve that support? I also want to talk, since you're the board director of, or chairman of the, chairperson of the board of CXPA, um, talk about a little bit about if you're not a CXPA member, which is a Customer Experience Professionals Association, um, very briefly why you might want to be, become one. And then two is if you are, where are we? Where, what are the things we're leaning into in the future? Where are we headed? And then the last thing is on a personal note, I know that you have a heart for children. You also mentioned you have a heart for pets. But, uh, <laughs> but right now I want to talk about the children piece because you are a volunteer and contributing and working directly with the leadership of something called the Children's Village. Uh, mm-hmm. in your hometown, your home state. And I want to talk to to you a little bit about what that organization does um, and how you're helping them from a CX perspective um, make make it better for the organization and ultimately for the for the kids that they serve. Sound good? Terrific. Yeah, that sounds great. Okay. That's, let's hit so it, Mark. I, I am <laughs> I am excited. And uh, you, you know, you were one of the things you shared when you were talking about journey mapping just now was how an executive made a comment, their eyes opened when they saw the number of interactions that, that they, that in the parentheses, we make a customer, our customers go through, right? But that enlightenment and, and there are different ways to, um, to get executive buy-in, but I was going to ask you, number one, why, why is it so important? Why is it so hard and then, you know, what, what are some ways that we could potentially overcome those obstacles? Okay. I think, I think that's great. So where, where do you want to start? Why is, it, why, is it, why, is it, <laughs> why is it so critical? I mean, it should be obvious to anyone on the outside that you need leadership support, but why as a CX leader, why is it so vitally important? Yeah, it, 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 it you're right. It doesn't, it seems like, Hey, that'd be a nice to have. Yeah. But it, when, when you're developing a program, in particularly, um, I would say uh, a CX program that is as as I think all CX programs should be, which is really a cradle to grave uh, journey. You have responsibility for looking at that experience from you know all the way from where a customer or a prospect may become aware of your company um, through the, the the buying cycle. Um, then as, as a customer, as they are um, getting familiar with your product and then, you know, becoming experts and then becoming advocates. And then in the rebuying cycle, the customer experience has responsibility across that entire customer journey. So if you truly have that responsibility as a CX professional or a CX leader, the reason that executive support, executive sponsorship, executive buy-in, whatever you want to call it, is important, is that you you need that broad-based support by the executives in order to 
have change happen to improve that customer experience. I think the core of it is, and, and why that executive sponsorship is so important is, if it is a priority for the executive team, it will be a priority for the functional leaders. Functional leaders have their goals. And typically those goals are around operational efficiencies. They're around um, metrics of efficiency. They're around, uh, uh, you know, profitability in some areas. Um, So they take those goals and and they take them to heart and that's what they're working on. They're working on the the, the day-to-day operational to ask them to take on that additional responsibility of now let's all work together, cross-functionally improve the customer experience is a lot to expect those functional leaders to do unless it's also a priority of the executive team. So it has to come from the very top in order to make that change at, at, at the right level um, where it has an impact on the customer experience. And you, had, you and I had talked a little bit more about kind of some of the obstacles. Like what are some of the obstacles in your mind yeah. to, to achieving that goal? Well, one of the first obstacles is understanding what CX is. You know, when we... Um, we started our program, I had a very strong executive sponsor. And that's another thing I would, I, I would actually mention is that I really thought I, that's all I needed was an executive sponsor, hmm. you know, and, and, and it helped. It, it was uh, a definite benefit to have that sponsorship, but you need really the support across the, the entire executive team. Um, and so one of the first things that we did um, is around that understanding concept is we interviewed all of the executive team. And then we also named a few key leaders that may maybe weren't on the executive team, but they would be influencers. Um, and so we interviewed each one of them and we asked them about how uh, what their assessment of our current customer experience was and ways that they thought it could be improved. Um, but we were also looking for something underneath the waves. We were looking at, did they understand what customer experience mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. and what impact it had on the business? Because we went back and assessed all those interviews and we came back with, we need to actually start with education Mm. of our executive team on what customer experience is. For example, I talked with one of our um, fi- one of one of the leaders in finance, and he said, "You know what? I'll be honest with you because I don't have much time." He goes, "I'll be really honest with you. <laughs> I don't know why we hired a customer experience leader because we already have a customer service department. So mm. what 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 else do we need to take care of the customer? I don't get this. Mm. That was that I was I was so appreciative of his honesty because it really told me a lot about where we needed to start." with the executive team. And we never stopped with that education on, on around um, around understanding the power of, of and the necessity of customer experience. So we always did an education piece in our meetings. Um, the other thing beyond the understanding, I think the other challenge you have is you have you, you have turnover. 
in your executive team. And mm-hmm. so we uh, we found that, you know, you think you'd get everybody aligned <laughs> and, and everybody was supportive of the CX and pretty soon, you know, two people, two executives have resigned and you've got two new executives in there who may or may not know and understand customer experience. But, and even if they do understand it, they understand it from, where they were before. So they understand the customer of the previous organization they worked in and probably don't understand the customer from your organization. So, you know, to 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 mitigate that too, one of the things we did is we set up a pretty um, extensive orientation program to what customer experience is. And as soon as we had a new leader on uh, in, in the organization, we were on their calendar, the executive mm-hmm. sponsor and I, and, and we were on their calendar and we really started meeting with them regularly and talking with them about customer experience um, because we, we just knew we needed that broad, broad customer um, customer experience, understanding and support. Yeah. Well, and buy in. And what I really love what you said was that you went in there listening first. You you interviewed to listen to mm-hmm. really understand what it is that they knew about ZX, what it is that was important to them, what it is that they maybe understood your role to be or didn't understand it to be. Um, and I think that's, you know, what you're doing is potentially identifying what could have been future landmines ahead of time and getting, getting, at least you have an opportunity, like you said, yeah. well, we have a customer service you know, department. Why do we need you at least identifying what those, you know, those challenges are up front so you can address them. Mm-hmm. You know what else we did, Mark, which I what? really, I liked. And, and, and it was what they were actually, what they were the most interested in because we, we also wanted them to understand that, you know, we did our work very transparently. And we were going to be very transparent with them about our customer experience. So we were very transparent about these interviews too. And we actually went back to the executive team and gave them, you know, a summary readout about what we learned during our executive interviews. And one of the things that we asked them was if they had to rate our customer experience, what would they rate it? And then we compared that to what we were hearing from our customers on the customer surveys, the, the initial ones that we did. Um, and um, because you and I were talking about an earlier statistics, remember that statistic that, that, that it, it's an oldie, but goodie, it still resonates in that like 80% of executives think they're providing a great experience for their customers. But if you go to their customers and um, about 8% of them or something like that, right. I think right. Uh, think that they're actually having a great customer experience. Now that kind of, you know, shocks a lot of executive teams. So we did that with our executive team too. We said, here's where you think we are um, Mm. with our customers, but here's what our customers actually say. And that was also, I think, a really powerful thing to, to, to bring back to them, especially in, in, in those early days. Um, So so yeah, we we did a, communication was 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 key, um, but but it, there's it still wasn't you know a, a slam dunk. I would say with the executive team was always a challenge. And um, and so it is not a sprint; it's a marathon, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned turnover is one thing, but I I think 
you know, there's a number of other reasons. I mean, they, they get caught up in all sorts of things between mergers and acquisitions. If it's a publicly traded company, what's going on with the, the share of value, um, there could be uh, other sorts of regulations or litigation. I mean, all sorts of things can get in the way. And here we're, we're looking at a potential economic downturn. So they're looking at potentially cutting back on certain things. There's a number of things that get in the way. And it's like, we have to keep reminding them. We, we have to keep telling the story and making the business case for why CX is important. Would you agree? I, absolutely. So the shiny object syndrome is is out there, and mm. whether uh, and it is always something like that. You know, it is always you know that that there's something happening in the economy. There's something happening with share price, and and it's p- particularly in in publicly traded companies. You know, you, you're you've got everyone focused through goals, metrics, incentives bonuses, all of that on, on short-term goals, you know, the, the, what's our stock price, you know, and we're, we're, what's our, what's our quarterly um, report look like. And CX is not a short-term game. Short, CX is, is a, a long-term game. And so you're already a bit out of sync with your organization just by the nature of the work. And so really working to stay relevant with your executive team goals, you need to stay aware of what their goals are right now. Even if they're not, you know, the the goals are those shiny objects, you've got to be aware of it and, and be able to demonstrate how CX is going to help achieve the goals in in those areas. Um, so that's the other challenge, I think, is really staying relevant with those executive team goals. And at times, I would call them distractions um, <laughs> mm-hmm. for the executive team. But you know, they would be emergencies that they were they were dealing with. You know, the COVID crisis happened, and the, a lot of a lot of executives were faced on how are we going to retool our entire organization and still remain productive. Well, showing how customer experience is going to be part of keeping those customers as advocates and keeping those customers focused on on you as an organization um, helps them still orient themselves to these shiny objects or these business necessities and that, that need taking care of, but also show the value of customer experience. It isn't something that you do less of, during those emergencies, it's something that that you continue investing in. Um, so, but but uh, it, it, but again, it's very very challenging to 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 be staying in sync with that sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, you know, I appreciate you taking a deep deep dive into this with with me, and I think I think because I think it's important to the audience. This this idea of executive support or executive buy-in could arguably be the most important mission of the CX leader. Um, it, it could well, very well, you could have all the technical knowledge. You can build out a great um, platform for listening to customers, be fantastic at, at doing interviews, focus group interviews. You could be great at building a governance team. You could, you could do great journey mapping. Um, you could have great frameworks, but if you, if you lose the executive team support, um, I, I think the middle level and other other level managers can smell that out, mm-hmm. and 
And, and people really do pay attention to what their managers care about, right? It's very, very true. And I would even like take it one step back and, you know, for new practitioners, you know, mm-hmm. definitely work on that executive support. But when I would be interviewing for a position, I, I would want to meet with the key executives and really assess what they do about CX and, and where their level of support was. Because I think the other thing you run into in some organizations is you can really spend a lot of time educating executives and um, in showing them the impact that you can, the positive impact that you can have on the business. And there are still going to be some executives who maybe are more traditional in their approach. They, they, in their heads, they have an organization that has all your traditional um, pieces and, and maybe CX isn't in it. And so they don't have the appreciation and they're never going to have it. And I think that's something as CX professionals, we're so positive and we're like, okay, I didn't convert that executive today, but by golly, I'm going to keep trying. I'm going to keep trying. But there has to be a recognition that at a certain point, there are some executives that are not going to change. That's that's such a great point. Um, and I want to come back to that, that point and kind of put a fine point on it. Let's take a quick break if it's okay. And when we, when we come back, we'll we'll finish up on that thought. We'll also hear about why the CXPA is an organization. If you're a professional and in the CX world, why you might want to think about becoming a member, and also where the organization's headed in the future. And also, on a more personal note, Nancy is doing some great work with the place called the Children's Village, and we'll learn more about that and how potentially you could apply CX to that. You are listening to the Delighted Customers Podcast. I'm Mark Slayton, your host. And if you're just starting out on your CX journey and need help with a CX strategy, I know it can be tough. Maybe you've been on your journey and just need help getting to the next level. I've walked the walk as a CX practitioner and I know the real world challenges you're facing. I'd love to come alongside you and put our heads together and jointly define the problem that needs solving. Let's have a live conversation. You can reach me at empoweredcx.com. All right, we are back and with Nancy Port, the chair of the CXPA Board of Directors, enlightening us with all of her great wisdom (laughs) on CX. And we just finished talking about leveraging your supporters on the executive team. And um, that's an interesting approach. So what you're saying is, hey, if there's if there's a supporter, let's go all in with that supporter. Let's work with that supporter. And so what I what I take out of that is we're going to end up telling a story. We're going to end up with a story of a, a win, maybe quick, maybe not so quick, but it was a win that we can then tell because stories move people emotionally and move them into action um, much more than, and one of the mistakes that I made was I, when we first started getting data out of our uh, survey management platform, I was so excited to get the data that I would just share the data and say, did you know our NPS was mm-hmm. 53 or whatever it was? And to me, it was like opening a Christmas present for them. It was like, so. Yeah. 
Oh my gosh. I made that same mistake, Mark. So I remember, oh my gosh, I feel kind of sorry for our executives in the first couple of meetings I had with them because, you know, here's here's my new rule. Just because you can create 110 slides doesn't mean you need to present all of them. I was so excited. I could show all this detail and yeah. I do love statistics. And so, it, it and I love the analytics and, and, and I... Uh, learned very, very quickly <laughs> that I need to show the top three insights yeah. for the month or the quarter or whatever, you know, meeting them in um, and, and have the data as backup um, it, if anyone asks for it. But really, it's much, much more important to tell a story. Yeah. So yeah. You, yeah. Le- you learn that pretty quickly, I think. Or maybe yeah. I'm the only one who, ha- well, maybe you and I are the only ones who had to learn that, but um, it, it it's a really important lesson. You have to be a good storyteller with your data. Yeah, I, I think at a higher level, like pulling up 30,000 feet, when you think about the executive team as an audience you're trying to gain support from, put yourself in their shoes for a minute. You're presenting to them, if you are lucky enough to present to them a CX update of some kind, you're probably one of eight presentations they saw in that one meeting today. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Each each went from 20 minutes to an hour. Some could be filled with technology. Some could be filled with regulation, like really dry stuff. And here you are, and you're just in the middle of all this other. So, what are the, like, to your point, what are the three things that, and how can you make it memorable mm-hmm. to them? Because you're just one of many, even though you want to share a hundred slides. Right. Right. And, and so you have to know your data inside and out because you do need to know what are the three top things to surface. And then how do I surface that in a compelling um, in a compelling way. But the other thing I learned is that it's really important to also say the, these are the top insights, but these are the things we need to do as an organization. So I, I, what I tried to do is take as much work out of it for my executive team as I, as I could, saying, showing the insights, but also saying, we, we, we need cross-functional teams that work on this. We also need an investment in this uh, technology um, to do this. And so I was very crystal clear on, you know, these are the top insights, but these are the top things we need to do as an organization. So what you just shared there was the role and responsibilities of a CX leader in an organization is not just to share insights and information, but actually become a trusted advisor to that team Mm because they don't really know, you know, they're not getting into the granular details of what you are. Um, And so when you present some insights to say, you know, our NPS went up 10 points and it went up in this area, what are we supposed to do about that? And so Mm -hmm. they're expecting you to say, you know, we need to get a cross-functional team as you just shared, or, you know, we need to do more of this or less of that, or we need to revisit this once a month and and make sure we pay attention to it. Whatever that is, there is an expectation that you're not just an informer, but you're really someone who's going to, maybe you can't execute on it, but you can recommend what needs to be done. Yes. Yes, you can. And, um, you know, we, 
we tried not to just focus on the negatives either, you know, and, and, and just say, here's, we need to fix this. We need to fix this. We need to fix this because people get tired of, of, of hearing that drumbeat. And the fact of the matter is that's not the whole story. There are mm-hmm. things you're doing very well yeah. and there are things that you're doing pretty well. And, 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 and then there's things you need to improve, but, but I feel uh, that if you can also look at the data, once you get into more advanced analytics too, you can actually show your executives which uh, interactions, um, for lack of a better word, which interactions actually drive revenue mm. and which ones don't drive revenue. So we, for example, <laughs> and my training team wasn't happy to hear about this, but we actually took uh, training team metrics off of our CX dashboard. Um, we did not uh, track uh, satisfaction with the training team after a certain point. And the reason we did that was we documented that satisfaction with training had um, no impact on uh, repurchase or uh, or increasing uh, purchase. So either buying new items or renewing. Um, and, and so we wanted our executive team to know that we, like the rest of the organization, were interested in growth and we were interested in driving revenue. And that wasn't an area, that was an area that had high satisfaction, but no impact on revenue. So we stopped monitoring it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so those were the types of insights that we wanted to give our executive team is that this area does have high satisfaction, but it doesn't impact revenue, where this has mediocre satisfaction that we could improve maybe over in professional services, and that would drive more repeat business. Um, so that, that that's a type of insight they want. They don't really want my 110 charts showing, you know, every every level of detail. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, you know, I am a learner. That's one of my strengths. Um, and so I love, I love learning from people um, who are outside of our industry or who have, who are helping companies with their customer experience, but weren't a practitioner. There's something really special about having a conversation with someone who's been there and done that like you, because we, we kind of know <laughs> You know, we, we, we have know the scars. Like to, Let's be honest. Yeah, we, <laughs> that's, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, we have <laughs> it, 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 and especially in early days. And I know we're going to talk about CXPA, but yeah. you know, one of one of the can I hop into that, Mark? Please do. That's a good transition. Yeah. Well, well one of the reasons I'm very excited to be chair this year, and and one of our um, goals, as you know, because you're one of our board members, and. Um, that we're working really hard on is is creating more resources for our CX professionals. When when I started in CX, I, I you know I knew a couple people who were kind of sort of doing the work that I was. Um, CXPA hadn't even started yet, and and so I was doing a job where I didn't have a lot of people to go to um, for examples or advice. And um, it's so, so because of that, it's really important to me to drive the organization um, to provide more of these standards and more of, of the education and the support for practitioners. Um, you know, CXPA is in a unique position that we are an independent organization. Um, coming from a vendor background, you know, you, your priorities as a vendor, you know, you, 
there are a lot of vendors that provide a lot of great CX information, but the CXPA is, is an independent organization, independent, and we are driven by our members. Um, I'll, you know, I'll give you an example that on CX Day this year, which I'd love to plug a little bit, CX Day is October 4th. Um, the, actually, this this podcast may, may air slightly after that, so we probably had a terrific CX Day. Um, but each, each year we celebrate um, CX Day um, on the first Tuesday, I think it is, of, of October. Right. And this year's theme... This year's theme is CX Drives Success. And um, one of the things that I'm most excited about, there's a lot that is going on that entire week. Um, and But we are releasing what we're calling the CX Book of Knowledge. And this, this is a, it's really uh, actually a series of books um, it's nine books that we'll be releasing on CX Day, and then we're also going to continue to release into 2023. So there's going to be a number of books, but th- that'll be the first edition. And it's really following the CX framework that CXPA has developed for CX professionals. And it's be, it will serve to be a trusted reference for our members. Um, what I'm most excited about is that this book of knowledge has been created by over 60 volunteers uh, globally that are writing, reviewing, um, proofing all of the information. So it's very consensus driven. Um, and and so I'm very excited that we're, we're releasing that. We're also going to be releasing eight monographs um, that talk about how to create a more customer-centric culture by cross-functional collaboration. That's a, that's a mouthful. But it, 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 again, is that really important part of being a CX professional and being able to work across all the functional areas of, of the organization. So, so the CXPA is that um, place you can go to get the resources you need when you need them. And then for employers too, I'm very excited about um, talking about CXPA because we have a credentialing function. We have the CCXP credential that is offered to professionals that go through the um, testing process. And that helps employers because employers as they're hiring CX professionals can look and whether they have that CCXP credential and know that if they do, they have gone through a rigorous um, examination process to achieve that. So um, so that's the other thing that CXPA, I think, offers. And so we offer both things for the employers as well as the uh, practitioners. And, and also, Nancy, um, you know, the way you and I met was through a local network. Uh, mm-hmm. and could you want to say more about how people can network too? Yeah, that that's actually, you know, one of the, when you talk with our members, one of the things they love is meeting other members. Mm-hmm. And so we have a number of ways you can do that. And one of them is through the local network. And you and I met in the, the DC um, local network. I've moved away from the area, but it's still near and dear to my heart because of those 
it, it, it was great bringing like-minded people together. And we always had a program. Um, I remember, Mark, you shared your one of the things that you did in your organization. Uh, I think it was called CX in a Box. And Me- it, meeting in a Box, yeah. Meeting in a Box. And how you took your CX message and then showed uh, all the other organizations about how they could disseminate that CX message of the month or, or the quarter in, in, in the, the organization. And that was really powerful. And I think a lot of people, you know, use that idea. So each at each meeting, we would have some socialization time where, you know, you could meet people, but then there was that educational component. Now, if you, you can go up to the CXPA website and look in to see if there's a local network in your area um, the other thing that we adopted this year in CXPA was regional leadership councils. So globally, we have 10 of these leadership councils. And, you know, for, for our members who may not have a local network close, we're looking at ways that we can provide other educational programs through either webinars or um, more of a uh, virtual meeting, or even we're getting to the point where we're talking about in-person meetings again. So there, there are, we're looking at across all our different types of members and members in every, virtually every country in the world, um, how we can provide educational opportunities for them too. Yeah. So, so if you were in human resources, you probably wouldn't hesitate to join SHRM. If you were a CPA, mm-hmm. it would probably be the AI CPA. If yep. you were in project management, you join there. You know, if you're in the CX world or experience management world, you, you really need to be thinking about joining the CXPA. You really do. I mean, you're, you're, it, it helps your CX practitioners, you know, it, and it, mature their practice and, and knowledge um, much faster, uh, in my opinion. Um, but it's good good for your organization, too, for that to happen. So there's lots of advantages for joining CXPA. I don't know why you wouldn't, quite honestly. <laughs> and then in terms of going forward, anything else you want to add in, in the future uh, as, the, as the board chair, anything that with you can share that isn't too secret? Ah, well, yeah. <laughs> You know me, I I don't have too many secrets, but, um, you know, I think what we're going to continue is around this direction of really knowledge creation and then dissemination of that knowledge. And that's a huge value for our members. And um, so so you'll see a lot more of that that coming. Um, We are actually just entering into the 2023 planning cycle too. And we have a board retreat um, coming up where we are planning for how we can do more and do better. We use a lot of the same techniques that we use in customer experience. We use the same thing um, mm-hmm. in CXPA around, you know, surveys and getting to know where we're hitting the mark with our members and where, where we may not be. So, uh, but we also want to bring the voice of our members into that planning cycle. So um, we know it's going to take years to like really get to the point where we have all the knowledge and creation that we want and, and, and everything that everybody needs, but we really want members to be involved. And so um, 
there's a place on our website where you can see opportunities on committees, uh, look leadership opportunities. We have tons of, we have like the regional leadership councils um, that have positions open. Once a year, we open up um, board nominations as well. Uh, we have our CCXP credentialing committee. So there's a, a lot of ways to get involved and, and have your voice heard. Um, and so that's what I would say is over the next few years, as we are planning, the more member voices we can get into that planning, the, the richer it will be. So I encourage everybody to not only join CPA or CXPA, but then um, be involved on, on a committee or in a leadership position as well. Excellent. And, and thanks for so much for sharing that. And then finally, um, I'd love for you to share with us a little bit about the Children's Village. I know you have a heart for service in general uh, and a heart for, for serving children. Tell us about that organization, where it is and what its purpose is and how you apply CX to it. Yeah, this has been interesting. Um, it, it's kind of been an interesting journey to chill. First of all, Children's Village is located in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, um, where I, I currently reside. And it is... Um, it's it's a, it's a place that's dedicated as a safe haven and to restore hope for children who've been abused, neglected, or or whose family is just in a state of of need at at the time for whatever reason. Hmm. So we provide uh, residential services either on short term or long term basis for for those families um, in need for the children of those families in need. Um, we're a very like you're seeing in different parts of the country, but we're one of those really fast growing areas. And so because the population is growing, so is the need um, for, mm -hmm. for this. So it's been a very exciting time to be part of Children's Village. And we're finding that we rely on our community largely for our support in order to take care of these children. So I joined the board because I was really interested in being more involved in the community. But uh, it, it, it was probably on the first meeting that the CEO of Children's Village said, I am so glad you're here because uh, we want to look at our donor experience and, you know, people who in the community who help support us, how can we make sure that they're appreciated and that they understand the impact that Children's Village is having on the community? And how do we grow our donor base and, and, and keep our donors? And, I, you know, until I heard that, I didn't even make the connection on how customer experience can be applied even to, to my volunteer community service. But we are actually, <laughs> believe it or not, we're looking at a journey map of our, you know, donor and sponsor um, experiences and in how how we can make sure we're communicating well. I mean, you know, what? who hasn't had the experience where, you know, we, we, we give to a charity that we really believe in and we never hear from them again? Like, did yeah. it make a difference or did it not make a difference or did yeah. they get it? I think the check got cash. Right. Um, and, and so we, we just want to be a very responsible organization in, in that. And we want to make sure that we're doing everything we can to provide these services, um, much needed services 
for our children. So um, yeah, I thought I'd kind of retired and and from customer experience, and I was just you know doing some some volunteer work by being on on the board of the Children's Village. Um, I had no idea how passionate I would become um, about the need for these services in our community and the importance of them. Um, but I certainly was surprised by the fact that I can use some of my CX skills um, to to help the organization as well. Well, what, what a great story. What a great organization. What a great cause. You've got families in transition going through difficult challenges. And rather than send them off to, you know, kids who get in trouble to like an adult prison, um, is there something short of that that we can do to help uh, really their children, teenagers that are children that can help um, assimilate them, give them safety, give them a, a place to retrench and get their lives back in order. Yeah, yeah, and and it, it's such a special place because it's it, it's it's a beautiful you know home, relaxing for the children. But the, the really important thing that we do as well is we provide counseling services and 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 connections to other services that they may need in the community. So the children aren't just just you know, brought in and, and given a, a room, but there's a, a very strong level of support um, that that they need during during a traumatic time. So, yeah, Children's Village is a, a really special, special place. Well, excellent. It, Nancy, if any of our listeners would like to uh, make a donation or a contribution of any kind to them, how, what would be the best way for them to reach them? Oh, that would be awesome. Um, so their website is um, thechildrensvillage.org, or you can just Google Children's Village um, Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, but Coeur d'Alene is <laughs> a challenge to span, spell. So um, thechildrensvillage.org, or if you have any questions about it at all, just contact me too. Um, my email is nancyport1 at gmail.com. And if anybody has any questions, I'd be, it'd be lovely to talk with you. I'd love to. And it's Port P-O-R-T-E, right? Yeah. Don't forget the E. Yeah. N-A-N-C-Y-P-O-R-T-E, the number one at gmail.com. Excellent. Well, Nancy, it has been a blast to have you on the show. We talked about so many great things from- It went uh, by so fast. I know. I, I know, um, and, but great stuff and lots of gems for CX practitioners, lots of other fun stuff as well. Thank you so much for what you do on the CXPA board. And thanks so much for being on the Delighted Customers podcast. Thank you, Mark. It was a delight. Um, so thanks for inviting me. Well, thanks for listening to the Delighted Customers podcast. I want to ask you to do two things. If you've enjoyed this episode or any of my other ones, hit subscribe. I've got a lot of other great guests that are coming up and a lot of other great content, and I don't want you to miss anything. And if you've gotten something out of this, share it with someone. Make sure they have access to all this content and all the other great content coming up. You can find any links or references on the show in the show notes, and you can find those on my website at empoweredcx.com.